This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. You must have heard about DNA tracing kits by now. You may have even received one as a gift over the holidays. Laura Bain decided to try one of these kits for herself. Hey, good morning again, Laura. Yeah, morning again, Dave. So, Laura, the obvious jumping off point is why? Why did you want to try one of these DNA kits? Yeah, you know, I I don't really have a great reason. I think it was mostly just curiosity, like kind of same thing that killed the cat there. But, um, you know, one thing is I'm I'm super interested in travel. I pretty much any free time I'm researching and thinking about travel. And so I thought it would be kind of cool to see if I had any DNA connections to certain parts of the world. Um, I also have one side of my family where the family tree is pretty well researched and traced back, but another side where I don't have as much information. And that's kind of why I went with Ancestry because it focused on that historical and family tree aspect that I was interested in. What was yeah. the what was the process like? So I went onto their website, ordered the kit. I decided to go with the uh, DNA plus traits, which is kind of an add-on that they offer. And that tells you things like if you're likely to like spicy foods or likely to have attached or detached earlobes. That's more sort of the kind of thing you might get with a kit like 23andMe. Um, So I thought, cool, best of both worlds. Um, Paid full price, which was a big mistake because they then went like pretty much half price. So I would give people a heads up on that. You don't necessarily have to pay full price because it does go on sale. Um, you know, the kit arrived. It's a vial, that a plastic tube that you spit into. It's kind of gross. And then you seal that up and you mail it back to them. That process was really straightforward. And then it took about a month to get the results. Now, as I said, I was also interested in the family tree aspect. So I went on to Ancestry and I purchased a six-month membership that gives me access to uh, building a family tree and like census records, marriage and birth and things like that. Um, So I kind of could fill that out while I was waiting for my results to come back. You don't have to do that. You don't have to buy the Ancestry you know, membership. And you also can do that without doing the DNA if you want to. Laura, this does not surprise me that not only did you do this, you went all out. This this seems to be very much in line with uh, the curiosity that uh, goes hand in hand <laughs> with your personality. What did you learn? What did you learn about your ancestry? Yeah, down the rabbit hole. And I even like, I, you get a 14 day free trial, but um, of the membership, but I wanted access to worldwide records. So I ended up just canceling that. And I was like, nope, I'm uh, go big or go home. I want records. I don't want to like be like, no, sorry, you can only access Canadian information. I want everything. Um, so basically, Dave, I learned that I'm extremely white. 
Um, so my ethnicity makeup, and it's just an estimate, but 46% English, 42% Scottish, with lower percentages from Sweden, Wales, Germany, Ireland, and Norway. Um, so that did surprise me just a little bit because there are family members, you know, including myself, that maybe have a little more olive tone to our skin, and I thought there might be like some Mediterranean or Middle Eastern ancestry in there, but if there is, it didn't show up for me, so... Uh, you know, the traits feature that I mentioned, that was kind of interesting to look at. It was right in a lot of cases, for example, that I'm more sensitive to caffeine than most people. Oh, That's definitely true. I'm super sensitive to caffeine. Um, but there were some cases that it was wrong. Like it said that I am not likely to get hangry, and that's not true. I get very hangry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, it was cool, but in my opinion, I don't think in hindsight I would buy the add-on because it, the information just wasn't that useful, even though it was kind of cool. Um, it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of like fun coffee table fodder, but like, is yeah. it actually informative? Exactly. What can you do with that? But um, I initially had matches turned off. So that's another thing you can do with the DNA is you can like, hey, we found these relatives of yours. I decided to go in and turned it on, which allowed for me to get a lot more information about certain aspects. Like, for example, I could see that the caffeine thing came from my mom's side and like 100% of the Swedish DNA came from my mother's side. So things like that you could do when you turn on matches. Um you know, you're only going to match with people who have done DNA kits on Ancestry and, and have matches turned on. But I found two close matches, one being one of my first cousins and another being my great uncle in England. So that was kind of cool because when you do find matches, then you can uh, build out your family tree more based on kind of the information that they have filled in in their tree. So I, I, I can see why this is a really appealing idea. You get to learn more about where you came from. And, and that's fascinating, right? That maybe we've lost touch a little bit as a society with our, our true roots. But obviously, if you're going to go into this, you should have your head on a swivel. You should be ready and, and, and capable of knowing what you're getting into. What do you think people should be aware of before trying out one of these kits? Yeah. Um, there are a few things to be aware of. Uh, so one thing is that if you have matches turned on, you have to be aware. You have to be like willing to find matches, and that could reveal things that you're not prepared for. For example, that you have a sibling you didn't know about, or that there were just different parentage than maybe was expected. Um, I do appreciate that there was a lot of different customizable privacy options. So, for example, although I have matches turned on, I have like my family tree and my DNA information private. Um, it's also useful to understand the limitations of DNA, which I know I don't have time to go into, but, um, you know, you only inherit portions of each parent's DNA. So it's very, it, it's not the same as your ancestors. So for example, I could have had an Italian ancestor and that could show up in my mom did a kit, but that just wasn't passed down to me. And my DNA is going to be different from my sister's. So not all of your ancestry is going to be represented. Um, I mean, also, I think it's important to say that ethnicity is not the same as race or culture. Those are very different things. And another consideration I just want to mention is that although Ancestry is one of the big companies and they have 2,600 global regions that they test you against, 
it's only as good as their reference population and that does over represent certain groups like no no shocker it is um, more representative for white people like particularly of western european origin but it's not that straightforward because i had an in-depth look at the reference population and the largest sample group is actually indigenous cubans i don't know why um so just some people they just yeah some people are going to be underrepresented in that group but what i do appreciate is that the information is publicly available so you can go in and see that Mm -hmm. yeah so so the sample size is big but maybe not a totally accurate sample right so it gets into that methodology and statisticianness and like you said uh, no time to pull up the abacus and calculators on that one this morning but laura thank you for sharing your experience on this one i think you've probably uh, perked a couple eardrums this morning Yeah, my pleasure. And really quickly, I will just say that I thought the accessibility with a screen reader was better than I expected. I don't want to say it's 100% accessible, but I would say if someone's thinking maybe it's not accessible, I would encourage them to give it a try, at least with the trial, because it it did work pretty well for me with JAWS and voiceover. Yeah, I'm at the point where I describe nothing as 100% accessible anymore, because uh, nothing is. You don't want to guarantee something, but I will say I was impressed with the screen reader accessibility. I think that's a good way to put that. Hey, Laura, triple dose of you today. Thank you for this. Thanks, Dave. That's Laura Bain, a columnist based in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Coming up after the break, decluttering. A new year means you want to clean up your house or apartment, or at least you should. Or maybe I'm taking you too close into my own closet. So let's air some dirty laundry after the break with Alex Smythe, Ramya Amuthan, and Nisreen Abdel-Majid. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.